is to become the perfect version of ourselves. This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. All right, so you guys are probably wondering, what are the brands of blue light blockers that I recommend? Well, one of them is the sponsor for today's podcast, and they are Blue Blocks. I've had the CEO, Andy Mant, on the show before where we got into a really deep dive on blue light. And you know that if you get any amount of blue light in your glasses, no matter if it's 3%, 10%, whatever, it does disrupt melatonin production. And so Andy has created blue light blockers that hold up to the highest standards. And in fact, and I'll link to it in the show notes, you can see when he's tested it versus other brands that they always come out on top. And so quality is a thing I appreciate and is what exactly I recommend for all of our clients. But if you head over to blueblocks.com, that's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and plug in the code DS15, you're going to get 15% off. And now... On with the show. Santu, how did you sleep last night? Actually, pretty well, I must say. Are you, Boomer? Well, I was on a plane. So yeah, I thought so. <laughs> we'll, we'll hope that I could just put words together today. But, you know, it's a nine hour time change going through general jet lag protocols, a lot of interesting things going through the lab today. But, you know, a common problem, not just with jet lag, but yeah. with all of our clients really is this waking up at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, or two, or pick your number, right? Just yeah. waking up before you actually want to wake up. Waking up, in the, waking up in the middle of the night, if you will. Exactly. And so let's talk about that today because it's a very interesting subject. It's something that I'm fascinated by. I know you are too. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, we don't always get it right. No. Uh, but there are definitely strategies and things that we can do uh, to get that right. So just to lay the framework for this, this is very interesting. And Satsu, you sent me this article, but uh, McKinsey published an article basically, and this is McKinsey, the large consulting company, basically uh, under the headline of what to do when you're awake at 3 a.m. We're going to link to the show notes in this one. And the show notes will be at decodingsuperhuman.com slash 3 a.m. That's the number 3 a.m. And so the question is, is what to do when you're awake at 3 a.m. So let's dive into that a little bit, shall we, Salsir? Yes, uh, I think that's a good good way to start solving the problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, very common problem with high-profile people, entrepreneurs, executives, anyone with ambition really, or just a lot on their mind. And you know, we've all been there, right? Yeah, stressed, or you're not even stressed, but you wake up for no apparent reason at 2, 3 a.m. Now, let's talk a little bit about why that may happen. Yeah. Want to kick things off? Sure, sure. Thanks, Boomer. I think there are multiple reasons. Uh, One of the issues might be what you do before you go to sleep and also what you do during the day. How do you eat, um, train, and and so on? uh, typically what I've noticed with myself is that if I eat a heavy dinner uh, very late, uh, that affects it, not necessarily the sleep when I can fall asleep easily, but then suddenly 2 a.m. and that's specifically 2, I wake up. And especially if there has been alcohol involved, that's also 2 a.m. That's what mm-hmm. happens. Then there's the other part. Why do I wake up? And that's typically 3 a.m. 
uh, is more of the mind. So it's the body problem that I explained that why I wake up at two, and then there's the mind issue at 3 a.m., and that's just thoughts. And it's not necessarily that I have a negative stress. It's more like, oh, I have all these ideas what to do about this, and then it's just so difficult to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to also talk about, I guess, what to do when that happens. Absolutely. Those are examples for myself, at least. Yeah, and I think you alluded to some very good ones. You know, food late in the evening is definitely one. Uh, we can talk a little bit about why that may be the reason that you wake up. Uh, alcohol is definitely one as well. And there's something that uh, the Chinese medicine practitioners believe that, you know, 2, 3 a.m. could be a sign of liver dysfunction. Yeah. Uh, which, if you're drinking alcohol, newsflash, you're kind of using your liver a little bit. But let's, um, let's break these down, both in terms of food as well as drinking, and just sort of giving people some best practices because uh, ultimately what we want to do for you guys here is to give you just easy things that you can institute in your life to just make it work better. So let's kick things off with food. Indeed. Good. Uh, I would uh, recommend not to eat three hours before you go to sleep Mm -hmm. in order to prevent that. Um, Then some say that uh, to increase the... um, levels or amount of tryptophan in your body, that might help. So some say that maybe take some uh, almond butter before you go to sleep. So that would be the only advice that I would give myself. Now you need to try it out, what works for you, what doesn't. But I would take a spoon of uh, almond butter. Or another thing would be uh, cherry uh, tart juice. That's also something that is uh, higher in tryptophan. Yeah, and magnesium too. Yeah, absolutely. To give concrete examples. Yeah, I, I just think on the food point, right? Like, let's break this down simply for mm-hmm. people. If you go to bed with a full stomach, chances are your organs aren't going to have a chance to rest. And let's go back to those episodes with Dr. Benjamin Smart, right? What is the point of sleeping? The point of sleeping is to initiate a restorative process for the body for the body to give uh, certain organs a chance to rest and to align rhythms, right? Uh, There's also the lymphatic system and I can go on and on and on Mm -hmm. for different reasons, but having food late into the evening. And yes, I'm looking at you or speaking to you, Johnny entrepreneur who's eating pizza late at night just causes us to be full. And yes, I get it. Sometimes you need it just to sustain your energy level, but broadly speaking, if we can have you go through that restorative process in a proper way, you'll feel better the next day. You'll be more productive. So yes, if if it's three hours, if it's two hours, whatever it is, you don't really want to be eating up into the point when you go to bed. The guys at Aura have put together some data on this where they looked at lowest resting heart rate throughout the evening. And the earlier it comes, the better you restore, you go through that restorative process and feel the next day. Yeah. And so one of the number one influencers on that resting heart rate is food. Number two is alcohol. Yeah. Do you want to touch a little bit on that one? Well, now that you mentioned aura and I use it myself, I can see a very clear difference. Uh, if I had one glass or two glasses of wine, I don't really drink much, but when I do, uh, it's typically wine and the heart rate won't drop. 
I normally start my night around um, heart rate 47 and it stays somewhere below 50. But if I've had alcohol, it stays until 2 a.m., somewhere above 50 and then mm-hmm. it starts dropping so imagine what how uh, how much recovery can you actually get if your heart is doing that and uh, you're just your liver is working on burning the alcohol absolutely and keep in mind guys Satu is an athlete right so that numbers here are a little less important but more the fact yeah. that you want it to just generally go lower as soon as possible exactly. uh, throughout the evening. The one other thing that I want to add on alcohol is just uh, sort of the obvious one in the room is deep sleep. Um, you will blow your deep sleep to smithereens by drinking a lot of alcohol. We can prove this with various data points, etc. There's numerous studies out there on this. Yeah. Um, and I know myself beyond two glasses of wine equals a bad night's sleep for me. So I think for, for those listening out there, just, you know, key takeaways on food and alcohol is, you know, earlier, the better, and on the alcohol, the less, the better. Yeah. Let's, let's transition into stress, Sally. Yeah. We? That was a little <laughs> yes. English. Sorry, jet lag. <laughs> no worries. Well, stress. Yeah. So what happens with your body with stress? Um, maybe you want to take us through the cortisol levels. What, what does that mean for your body? And why does that possibly wake us up in the middle of the night? Sure. And let's talk broadly more about the HPA axis. So mm-hmm. HPA axis is essentially involves the um, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. And what we're looking at there is the body's production of cortisol. Right. There's a lot of bad headlines out there, particularly in certain really bad news sources. I'd say that cortisol is bad. Cortisol mm-hmm. is not necessarily bad. In fact, it's very good. Without cortisol, you're not going to be around for very long. No. And so when we think of cortisol, we want it to exist in this beautiful rhythm. It's high in the morning and gradually dissipates throughout the day. You can look at cortisol in terms of its daily rhythms as well, uh, similar to our sleep-wake cycle, and you'll find that it elevates and goes down throughout the day Yeah, uh, with workouts, with general stress responses, et cetera. But you want almost like this logarithmic curve, and it's not quite logarithmic, so all the mathematicians out there uh, don't fault me for that, but mm-hmm. you want this quite log, almost logarithmic curve throughout the day, whereby in the morning you hit your near peak, in the evening it's relatively low. Yeah. Now, depending on who you are, you may be pounding these adrenals quite hard. Um, the cortisol levels, that is. And so these adrenals are pumping out cortisol uh, throughout the day. And over time, there may be a tolerance built up, in which case you'll see that people with extreme amounts of um, adrenal dysfunction, their cortisol levels actually go down. Mm. And so stress, in some cases, can cause a funky rhythm. And so you can see in certain people, there's a dysfunction in that rhythm. And rather than a, a log rhythm uh, graph, it looks a little bit more like a triangle, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Or they get ele- relative elevation at night. And that could actually cause you uh, a little bit of trouble falling asleep. Mm. But coming back to 
And that's just the HPA access in general. Yeah. Coming back to the original question about why when we wake up at night, well, that could be a number of factors, right? Mm. Um, our brain is not a task manager. And so it usually I like to think of when people wake up in the middle of the night, it's because they're thinking of something that they either a forgot to do or need to get doing, need to get going on, et cetera. Yeah. The question is, is how do we deal with that? Yeah. Satya, do you want to? Yeah, sure. I think there are multiple uh, ways that you could either calm your mind when you wake up or try to prevent that from happening. So if you want to try to prevent that from happening, uh, what works for me and, and many of our clients as well is, Firstly, to calm down in advance before you go to sleep, stop working earlier, um, shut down those devices early enough. And another part is have a journal, um, write down what are the tasks that you need to get done tomorrow or what is bothering your mind. There are these planners that you can buy online or in a bookshop um, that are very useful that come with sort of ready-made questions as well that might help you to process your thoughts and, and that way to calm your mind. Another way also when you then wake up in the middle of the night is to have that pen and paper uh, next to your bed uh, and that is really pen and paper, not your mobile phone and start writing down those thoughts that come and bother you. And hopefully that way you can then relax, calm down, and fall asleep again. Awesome. Be the easy uh, tasks to do. So before I get into just uh, double-clicking on that and going a little bit further, because you know I love this concept of external brain, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about what the McKinsey article brought up. Because the McKinsey article brought up two things that I thought were interesting. And one thing that I thought was controversial. Mm -hmm. And the first thing was reading. Well, reading is a great idea, right? Uh, I question how you're going to do that at night uh, with a lighting situation where you won't wake up your partner. But if you're single, by all means, turn on the light. Make sure you got some blue light blockers because most people have LEDs in their house. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just make sure that you're not keeping yourself artificially awake through light. The second one that they brought up was body scanning. And this is more of an exercise of mindfulness. And Mm -hmm. this could be very interesting and useful. Uh, There's another technique that I like even more called progressive relaxation, which if you are one who has tense muscles or your stress responses to tense your muscles, uh, progressive relaxation works really well. Yeah. And then the last one, and this is one where I was like, hey, McKenzie, come on, <laughs> try harder. Um, it was an Epsom salt bath. And in principle, I'm okay with this. Yeah. But you'd have to like turn the bath on before you go to bed and have it ready just in case you wake up. Because yeah, otherwise, it's cold. <laughs> but then, then it's cold, right? Uh, but also, but also, you know, turning on a bath at night, I don't know about you, but I would wake up my household. Oh, yeah. And it just seems like, okay, we can try harder. So yeah. should we give some people, you already mentioned and started progressing on this idea. And I like what you did there with the journal mm. and sort of externalizing your brain. But I happen to be a person who prefers you know, technology over paper. Mm-hmm. So when I look at how to externalize my brain, a lot of that is going on throughout the day. As I get any sort of inbound tasks, it immediately goes into my task manager. 
I use Todoist, but that's just because I'm an Android person. Mm -hmm. uh, there's things like Things, which is a to-do app. Wonderlist, also a to-do app. It all depends on your function and what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, the protocol that I use is largely based on David Allen's getting things done. Um, but the idea is, is to get everything out of your brain and onto a to-do list. Yeah. So when you initially do this, and I suggest everybody at least try this, when you initially do this, it could take two to three hours to get everything out of your brain and into either a task manager or on paper, however you want to do it. But once you do it, you're going to free your mind. And so the concept is, be, you know, mind like water. And so what we want to do is get everything out of your mind and into a task manager of some sort. Now, if you're a person who's not very organized, there's an issue here. We need to get you organized first because your brain needs to trust wherever those tasks are going. That will help you relieve stress in the middle of the night and hopefully allow you to sleep through the night. I know that when I don't go through my process, which is largely one of capture, then organization, and then structuring to get it done. Mm. If I don't go through that process, I'll be up at 3 a.m. and I'll start firing off whatever I'm doing pretty early, as you yeah. know. Yeah, and the same happens with me, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the same happens with a lot of our, let's say, uh, entrepreneur clients. I think a lot of the entrepreneurs that I've worked with throughout the years um, are very let's say, creative in their minds. Um, there's a lot going on, a lot of ideas coming up all the time. And there's not necessarily the, the motivation at first to start doing task lists or priorities because it sort of feels like you're shutting yourself down or narrowing your creative, creativity, but actually you're doing the opposite. I think you're freeing your mind much more if you are uh, if you have a control of your own thoughts. Absolutely. I think the idea is, is how do you be more effective, right? Because yeah. if you're starting a business or if you're running a business that is existing, there's always things to do. But yeah. the question is, is what is the right thing? So, you know, if you guys want to hear more on this, we're happy to do another episode. But the idea of capture, so putting your tasks somewhere, whether that be a physical to-do list or a to um, an application of sorts. Mm. The idea of organization, so you can organize those. I tag everything by place, priority, time, and you know where I am. So actually, I've already said that place, priority, and time, mm. and difficulty. And so you know, adding four tags to them allows me to organize everything, and then based on my day, like today, I just got off a red eye flight from Portland. I can organize what I'm going to get done based on my cognitive ability. So today That's is awesome. an easy day. And so I can pull up my easy tasks and go through that. But after you've organized all of it and make it really more of a next actions list rather than a to-do list, because everybody has that, oh, I want to read War and Peace by mm. Tolstoy. That's a thousand pages. Oh, well, what if we reframe that to, I want to read 10 pages of War and Peace. That makes it more doable. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's a smart choice. And then you just are able to select based on your cognitive ability for that day, which does vary usually based on sleep. And then you're able to then slot them in and be more effective. But we can do an entire episode on that if you guys want to hear more. So it's, after all, it's all, uh, all about preparation, right? Mm -hmm. It's how well do you prepare yourself for the sleep? 
and this is something we've been talking about a lot in the other podcast episodes as well. Absolutely. Satu, anything more to add here? No, I think that's uh, all. We've covered the best parts. All right, let's wrap it up. The show notes for this one are decodingsuperhuman.com slash 3am. Superhumans, it's been an absolute pleasure. Have an epic day. Superhumans, before you go, two asks from me. Number one, if you can head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and just give us a five-star rating, it really helps get the word out. Number two, if you can give us a little feedback, send us an email at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. Those of you that have actually taken advantage of this know that I read and respond to each one. Thank you so much for listening and have an absolutely epic day.